0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's
1: my pleasure to welcome you to The Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, we're going to talk about protecting your children when they're online. And coming up after that, I want to talk about how, I know this is crazy, but how you could actually know that you have a cancer, almost any kind, without going through any weird procedures or showing any symptoms at all. It's not just coming, it's potentially available right now. So something is not potential, something that's real, your kids on devices, even from very young ages. You know what's crazy is a two-year-old child can pick up your smartphone or a tablet, and they know what to do without ever having held one before in their lives. It is freaky. So I got to tell you a story. My TV producer, Leah, makes fun of me because when I'm on a piece of electronics, a phone, whatever, she says I'm using it like it's an alien being, that the way I even touch it, she laughs at the way I touch it. Because at my age, well, computing, technology, all that came once I was already fully formed an adult. And so for me, it's not a natural thing. But for kids who all they've ever known is they've known these screens, it's completely automatic with them. My son, who's a teenager, when I ask him how to do something on a device, it is the most frustrating thing ever because it's so automatic to him that he can't explain to me how he did what he did for me. So I'm having a problem, hand him my phone or computer, and he just goes, and it's done. And I'm like, but how did you do it? He cannot explain how he did it because it's so, by um, just instinct. So you got kids, preschool age, very early preschool age forward, that are using electronics. And the sites they're using, in theory, legally, are not supposed to be spying on them. But unfortunately, as a legal settlement just approved by a federal court judge found, Disney and other companies were violating the law and were spying on what young children were doing. Viacom was the other big player, and then there were some smaller ones that all settled a lawsuit. There were actually three class action lawsuits where the game developers and the big content providers were violating your children's privacy, building profiles on your children, tracking everything they do. And now at least these companies under a settlement approved in the U.S. District Court, will no longer do that. They will remove or disable the tracking software they've been using where they track everything a child is doing. This is so overdue. But we have this stuff happen again and again and again where companies so craving the income violate the law and target our children. You know, Congress needs to pass extremely punitive laws that will punish companies to the max that spy on our children. And this is not okay for companies to do it. And shame, shame, shame on Disney, Viacom, and others who have been spying on our kids is for you and me as parents... It is proper for us to spy on our children. We need to know what they're up to, what they're doing online. I know with my two younger kids who came up when screens were ubiquitous, that when they were younger, that repeatedly we had to be mindful and careful of what they were doing online. And if you remember the scandal involving Apple, where Apple was charging parents huge amounts of money for what kids were doing on iPads, where kids were ending up signing up for extra stuff. Did you ever have that with Matt or Claire?
0: I did with Matt, of course.
1: (laughs) So Grant ran up trying to remember how much money through Apple till we figured it out and were able to shut him down but it was hundreds of dollars Mm -mm -mm. and it was just inexcusable that apple thought it would be cool to rip off the parents of children by manipulating the kids to make purchases with kids not even aware of what they were up to and the cost that was being incurred so we as parents knowing that these big companies behave badly or may behave badly and our kids without proper maturity, may go to content that we don't think is safe for them, we got to know what they're up to. There are a number of programs where you can actually monitor what your kids are doing online. We've talked about some of those before. And then there are others that are what are known as permissive, that kids, particularly if they're younger than age eight, they can only go to the websites that you have allowed With permissions, otherwise they're blocked from even going to them. And there's a point in a child's life when they get to an age where you let them make their own mistakes. But when a kid is preschool and when a kid is single digit, it's too soon for that. And that's where we as parents have that role to play. And Krista, with yet another example of the privacy issues (laughs) that we face, It's time for questions that people have posted for me.
0: Okay. Linda in Oregon says, my husband's mom gave us two 100-ounce silver bars, eight 1989 Canadian silver $5 coins, and a 2002 U.S. silver $1 coin. They're just sitting in our home safe. Should we sell them and invest the money or hang on to them? We're in our 50s, have a good retirement and savings. My husband will be retiring in the next six years. What's your suggestion?
1: So precious metals are collected for different reasons. I mean, people have precious metals as a hedge against trouble in the world and inflation. And then people have things like the the coins you talked about, Linda, that they have as a potential collectible. So obviously, the 100-ounce silver bars, that was as a hedge. The coins, who knows if they were a hedge or the value ultimately is about them being coins, probably more as a hedge. Sitting in a safe, that's what gold and silver do, is they basically sit there as a store of value that changes every day, that people have as a way of converting to a country's money, in our case, the U.S. dollar, if that's what you want to do at some point. So I can't tell you whether or not you want to continue to hold this silver or you want to sell it because it depends on why you own it. If you own it as an investment, remember, I said that they are a hedge, not an investment. They are there to deal with uncertain or uh, difficult times, uh, economic crises, things like that. So if they are a very small percent of the money you have available to save for your future, being in your 50s, you have, you say you've got good retirement and savings, going to retire in just a few years. If this accounts for a relatively small amount of your overall holdings, I would continue to hold them as a potential hedge. Otherwise, you can look online and see what the current value of an ounce of silver is. $26 an ounce right now for silver. So we're talking about uh, a fair amount of money with those 200 ounces of silver. So this is really your call and what your goals are with the money. But selling it, you are going to have a buy-sell spread and you want to shop around among uh, dealers to see who will offer you the best deal if you choose to sell this and move on from it.
0: And Nancy in Florida says, what are your thoughts on termite bonds?
1: Termite bonds are essential. The problem is, is you live in Florida, termites can be a problem. Termites, uh, unknowingly to you, can eat up your house and it can cause you massive, massive losses. Uh, There are two different types of termite plans sold. A bond is where in the event that a company you hold the bond with fails to find the termites till after the termites have done a great deal of damage, the termite company has to repair your home and retreat it. Most people have what's known as a retreatment guarantee which all it means is, oh, well, we missed those termites. They ate up your house some. You're going to have to repair it, but we'll retreat it for you for free. You want the bond because then you and the termite company are partners. They have a direct financial incentive to make sure they are doing proper inspections, proper treatment, so that termites don't come and gobble up your home. So I think it's completely worth it.
0: Kelly in Georgia says, my mother has been a hardworking small business owner for over 15 years. When she recently moved banks, she discovered a charge of $39 a month that had been an automatic deduction for the past 10 years by a company that calls itself a merchant services protection plan. She spoke to the company and the person said she had a voice recording of someone agreeing to the plan. They played it and it is one of my mom's previous employees and the recording starts with this employee saying yes. Yes. My mom asked to hear what was said prior to the yes, but the rep said that this is, that's the only part they record. Very suspect. My mom has no recollection of her employee asking her about this 10 years ago or how they ever got her banking info unless they took it from a check. Just wanted to warn business owners. Also, is there any government bureau or organization to file a complaint with to try to stop this thievery?
1: So Kelly, this is bad on so many levels. I don't know where to start. Um, To have been charged this much money for 10 years, so we're talking about $5,000 approximately that was stolen from your mom for this supposed service, and it is a common con where a company will say, beautiful day, isn't it? You say yes, they record that, and then they pretend that that was the yes to you saying you wanted a service. This particular organization that was billing under the name Merchant Services Protection Plan have no idea who they are and don't know if they are running a dishonest business. I want to check that out, and we will, and we'll report later on a future podcast. On the issue of getting money back, if you don't notice a charge, you're only entitled to the last 60 days when you do notice. So the $5,000 approximately is just sadly gone. Um, how they got the, the checking account information, no idea. Uh, I can't even begin to explain that, although there is a possibility, and that is there are situations where dishonest companies, dishonest uh, con artist groups, whatever, will send a check to a business. Business will think it's payment for a bill, They'll deposit it, and then when that check is uh, returned, cleared, they will then have your checking account information to then debit moving forward. And that's one way that happens. As far as who to complain to about this, I don't know because I don't know what history there is with this particular thing. We will do what we can to find out who owns this, what the whole method of operation is, and whether they are running a dishonest enterprise or not. Now, I don't know about that, but we're going to find out. What I do know about that I want to share with you coming straight ahead is there is a potential gigantic game changer in the medical world involving preventing cancer deaths and having much earlier detection so there's much more effective treatments. I'm going to tell you about that coming up. Approximately two years ago on the show, I talked about something known as a liquid biopsy. I sit on the board of the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and I heard a scientific presentation on liquid biopsies. Some of the term I was not familiar with. Something I think doctors. Scientists would roll their eyes that I don't know what that means, that I didn't know what that means or meant till two years ago, but it is considered to be a potential holy grail in saving lives of people from cancer. Cancer is on its way to being the number one cause of death in the United States and a huge number of cancers. There are no detection tests at this point, but what is a liquid biopsy? As I explained a couple of years ago, all it is is a fancy medical term for a blood test, but a blood test with a twist. There's now the ability with DNA screening to test for a zillion different cancers. That's a technical term. And I saw a recent update in Barron's magazine about where the science is on it. And this is crazy. When this research was first being tested in 2003, it cost, per person you would test on, $500 million. By 2007, $10 million. By 2010, $10,000. Today, about $500, and soon it'll be $100. So think about that. Something that 18 years ago cost $500 million to do per person. They they figured out how to do it, but that's how much it cost to test just little old me, let's say. Now we're on the way to it being 100 bucks to test me. The savings in dollars for the U.S. medical system, immeasurable. And the lives saved, unreal. And... You know, so often cancers are discovered really late, and then the treatments people go through with late stage cancer are just bad, awful. And the death rate when you're discovered late is so extremely high. So, according to the Baron's research and uh, the recent stories they've published, there are now doctors and facilities in the United States that are part of experimental processes going on. This is not fully in the marketplace yet. It's getting close. But when you go see your doctor, let's say for an annual physical, ask if they are a participating tester for liquid biopsies. And this is something I, I always have to be careful when I oversell something that's new. Cause Kristen and I, we talked about that recently on a podcast, how when something's new, I got so <laughs> too excited. And when I talked enthusiastic,
0: about it, which is great.
1: When I talked about it two years ago, I remember we had some Clark stinks about me talking about this, like it was going to just solve everything. Again, my Uh, My personality is so boisterous and enthusiastic and optimistic and all that, but it looks like this is the real deal. And it will end so much heartache and heartbreak in families when somebody gets a diagnosis too late in the game and they're done. Now, with that having been said, do you know what the biggest problem is year after year is people who avoid going to doctor's? And I know going to the doctor's office is not fun. Um, They're almost always late seeing you. And sometimes they're friendly, sometimes not so much. But just doing things like having a physical regularly can make a big, big difference. And I know that we're seeing a spike in ugly cancers because of during coronavirus, People who were good about going to doctors stopped going because they were afraid of getting COVID and they ended up with something potentially much worse. So especially if you're someone who put off your regular doctor visits because of coronavirus, get caught up with those appointments. Krista, what you got?
0: Anonymous says, I remember Clark mentioning a long time ago that he avoids baggage fees on low cost airlines by boarding the plane with only a personal item Only one personal item and then shops the Salvation Army or Goodwill equivalent once at his destination. This totally fascinated me. And now in my early 30s, I've done this a few times. It really can save money, though it's extra effort. I'm curious if Clark still does this. I haven't heard anyone else talk about this strategy ever. I'm a travel writer, and I'm about to write a post on it myself, but I'll be giving Clark the credit. Anyway, kudos for a timeless trick. The only time I've been burned by it was a trip to Iceland where I didn't prepare for the secondhand clothes that would cost $70 a piece. Scandinavia is expensive.
1: Okay, so uh, you'll love this, Is uh, Anonymous, is that... I now have two micro carry-ons. And so when I fly on an airline that charges even for a carry-on bag, I take only what I can put in that micro carry-on. Plus, I have a jacket that has pockets in it that I can pack additional things like I pack my underwear and socks and things like that in the inner pockets of the jacket. There's even one to put a smaller laptop in the jacket, and I'm able to go on with that one thing. I'm trying to remember the name of that website where they sell the clothing for reducing baggage charges. And I bought this jacket as a clearance item, and it's been great for me to be able to take uh, additional stuff and not have to worry because they don't charge you for a jacket, and it has, it may have nine or 14 different pouches. That you put things in and then I have the micro carry-on that I got at Costco and I did a TV story on it uh, going to the airport we went to the Allegiant baggage measurer Frontier and Spirit the three hard discounters and it was regulation size acceptable for all three of those airlines at least at the time we did the TV story and Krista, I'll try to remember the name of that outfit that I got that jacket from.
0: <laughs> okay, Gary in California says we've contacted several fee only financial planners. We found them on one of the only fee, one of the fee only websites you had mentioned and met with a couple of them. All of them want us to sign up with them as some sort of yearly plan, which includes them managing our investments, taxes, etc. We've let them know that all we're looking for in an advisor is one that we can meet with annually for a few hours or so just to do a financial review and make any necessary adjustments based on our financial and life situation for each year. We just want this check-in, but none of them will work with us like that. I'm happy to pay a couple of hundred dollars or so per per hour each year just to meet with them. Do you have any advice on where to find a fee-only financial planner that will work with us like this?
1: As I think about what you're talking about, um, I don't know if the website you went to is Garrett Planning Network, which has, depending on where you are in the country, they have advisors that will work with you like an accountant or a lawyer and just charge you an hourly fee for advice. And then they have people who do the more common 1%. But the other alternative I've talked about of late is the new Charles Schwab financial planning service, where you pay them uh, several hundred dollars to look at your financial picture and draw up a financial plan for you. And then after that, you pay them a flat $360 a year for ongoing access to financial advice. So instead of having to pay a percent and have somebody actively manage your money, in the Schwab scenario, they do uh, less for you, but at a much, much lower cost and not based on the level of assets. The Schwab thing I'm talking about is called Schwab Intelligent Portfolios Premium. And the exact cost up front $300 and ongoing $30 a month. You have to have a minimum twenty five dollars in order to get involved in that. But the real benefit of the fixed rate fee is that over time, as your assets grow, the fees you're paying them don't grow.
0: Speaking of that, this is from Janice in Michigan. Does Clark get paid for recommending financial products?
1: Oh boy. No, 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 and no. I am unbought and unbossed. I have never done the main thing that you earn money, and that is doing endorsements. I will not do endorsements. An endorsement is when you're paid to say, hey, you should use so-and-so. Not my way, not my thing. I believe it's really important, particularly when you're as dull as I am, is that you have something to give people, which for me is that you get information from me that you can trust. That what you hear from me comes from my head and my heart. In no way, not any day, would I ever do what's known as pay for play, where somebody pays me to say, yeah, this is the best. When you hear me say that I use something, that I love it, whatever, it's because I do just that. I'll tell you funny thing. I Early in my career, I was approached by a major automaker, and they said, hey, would you like to have a so-and-so? They offered me this really nice car to drive, and I said, what do you mean? They just said, oh, it's just yours to drive. I said, no, I can drive it if I pay for it, but I'm not going to drive your car and not pay you for it. And they, the guy, I remember we were at a restaurant and I wouldn't let him buy my meal. And he was just, the whole thing just upset him. No end that he couldn't buy me off. But Krista, you know, that's always been our way.
0: Unbought and unbossed.
1: That's right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being a member of Team Clark and joining us on today's podcast and if you enjoyed our podcast i hope you'll subscribe review us and share us with your friends